love that new theme song. There it is from E.K. Wimmer. Oh, it sounds great. Thank you, E.K. Approved. We're using it. All right, great. It's, it's, it's in the show now. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Welcome back. It is a new episode of Reconcinimation. Welcome back to the show. Oh, what a podcast. This is a podcast, everybody. What do we talk about on this podcast, everybody? <laughs> We're talking movies. We're talking yeah. movies that we loved growing up. 70s, 80s, 90s, all that all that good stuff. Oh, that's good stuff. Yeah. And we're sticking here in the year 1988. Yeah. And by the way, this is John Diner and I'm David Munchak. And yes, we are we're hanging out in 1988 a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. We were there last episode with uh what show was that? Uh Midnight Run ah. with Robert De Niro. And Charles Grodin. Chuck Grodin. Yeah. Everybody's favorite. So go back and listen to that if you haven't. Also, re-download all our other episodes, listen to those again, and then come back, listen to this one. Yeah. Download them, listen again, and give us a, how about a five-star review? Yeah. Pop over to the Apple Podcasts, the iTunes, give us that five-star review, maybe say a nice couple words for us. We'd really appreciate it. We want to get our, get our name out there to everybody, so more than just you can listen. Absolutely, and uh, just another quick thank you to E.K. Wimmer for the theme music and our uh, our good friend Curtis Moore yes. with the lovely artwork. This episode, he just keeps hitting it right out of the park. Week after week, uh, he makes us look better and better, so thank you, Curtis. Thank you, E.K. I felt like we were really transported to the the uh, the era of this film mm-hmm. in that poster I yeah. felt like we were really with with these guys I think yeah I felt like I was at the photo shoot <laughs> he was there. I, I can almost remember it but it was a long photo shoot <laughs> yeah it's a long day <laughs> getting in costume but uh, yeah so we are hanging out in 1988 and take a listen to what's up today six reasons why the West was wild. No one's fool enough to go in after Murphy's people. Emilio Estevez. I'm in. Deputize them. Keeper Sutherland. You look like trouble. Trouble? You think I look like trouble? I'm a poet. McSween, those are just boys. Ain't one of them over 21. Murphy's men will shred them in half within a day. Casey Shimashko. I'm a pugilist. Court adjourned. Dermot Mulroney. He ain't all there, is he? Lou Diamond Phillips. My vision told me we're headed for blood. Charlie Sheen. We got warrants! We're the law! You were supposed to serve 11 warrants and expose the ring. Instead, you went out and you went on the warpath. The governor's revoked your deputization powers. You're now wanted by the legitimate law as well as those outside the law. You're being hunted by troops. I like these odds. <laughs> Young Guns. Young Guns. That's it. Young Guns. We're here. We've arrived. (laughs) Uh, We're getting into one of the hottest, hottest movies of 1988. With some of the hottest young cast members. Uh, Oh, my. (laughs) A lot of of good-looking folks in this one. Yeah. These are attractive cowboys. Mm -hmm. Except Dirty Steve. That's what you... Yeah. Well, they made him up. That yeah. was a good makeup job. That was, Because yeah. Dermot Mulroney is a nice-looking man. He's a handsome man. Very He's handsome. aged very well. Very well. Uh, they did a good job here. So I'm just going to come right out and say I love this movie. 
You love this I movie. love this movie. Love currently. Currently. Great. Love it. Uh-huh. Loved it when it came out. Uh-huh. Uh, we spoke of... Last week, we spoke of my, my grandma collection. Yes. That's... That was... When I was young, for those that didn't hear the Midnight Run show, when I was young, I spent a lot of time with my grandmother, mm-hmm. and we saw... We, she took me to movies all the time, many of which were not approved by my parents, but uh, that's fine. So we would see, I mean, we saw Delta Force 2, Delta Force 2. 2, yes, right. Two. Yeah. Uh, we saw Transformers, the movie, Rambo 3. Nice. A, a whole a lot of, of sequels. A lot of sequels. Well, that was happening. <laughs> yeah, of course. Godfather 3. Uh-huh. Uh, but Young Guns was one of them. And, and possibly my favorite movie that i saw with uh with my grandmother too so all the movies you saw with her yeah. this one ranks top. this is like top wow. two or three for Four. sure and you'd say you've seen what a dozen two dozen yeah i mean we were with her i it was probably about a 10 year period where we were seeing movies like a lot seven or eight years maybe yeah, yeah. um it ranged from about i don't know 84 1985 to I think Batman Returns was probably the last one we saw together. Oh, so yeah, seven or eight years. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, but part of part of why I love this movie is the experience of seeing it with my grandmother, spending time with her, yeah. and both of us just having fun with it, and you know, kind of spending the day together. Right. But love the movie as well on its own as well. All right. Yeah. Well, and so uh, paint me a picture though. You get to the you get to the theater. She buys the tickets. Do you go? To, do you guys go to the concession stand? Well, before that, like my parents would drop me off at my grandmother's apartment All right. in Hartsdale, New York, uh-huh. and they kind of left it to her what we were going to do, and it was just like whatever fun stuff I wanted to do. If we wanted to go to the movies, she would buy me toys. It was very spoiled. Sure, that's what grandma <laughs> go to the do. comic book store. Yeah, magazine. Get a magazine. Nice. Uh, so it was just great. We did. We just like a whole like day to ourselves just having fun that so. sounds like a nice time it was awesome it was great yeah um back to the movie going experience yes. though my question is mm. you buy the tickets she buys she buys the tickets I'm oh assuming. yeah i didn't buy you're, them you're not buying movie tickets <laughs> but do you guys go to the concession stand and if you do what do you get sweet tarts sweet tarts sweet tarts all the way that's your go-to still is nice except out here in california they don't they sell the chewy ones Oh, what is that? Like, forget it. it. There's like a, there's like a ropey version and a chewy version. Like, no standard, the box of of just the hard candy. Yes, sweet tarts. The, 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 like when you bite into it, it just dust just bl- explodes in your yeah in your uh, mouth. Just sugar like, dust just sugar everywhere. Dust, yeah, sweet. I um, wasn't a hu- exactly sweet. Yeah, and tart. <laughs> sweet and tart. And what I was what I was saying before, I, I will always love this movie. And all the movies I saw with my grandmother because of that experience. Yeah, so. yeah. You, nothing can take that away. Yeah. Even if we learn that Emilio Estevez is a you know a dog killer or something like that, something savage. I <laughs> I haven't God. heard any of this. I hope he has. I hope. He, I'm assuming he's <laughs> you not accusing him of that. I think it would have what come out know, by now David? anyway. I don't know. I've never met the guy. Um, um, I've never seen this movie in a theater, and mm. the first time I saw it was few months back six months to a year ago uh in your very house uh with you so that was a good time yeah so i have no childhood memories or childhood affection for this film just, just do you pain. remember 
do you remember hearing about it when it came out? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I think I think I had an awareness of it, and then of course when Young Guns Two was coming out, that was such a huge thing, and then it had the Bon Jovi yeah. song, and it was so it was certainly something I was aware of. Um, Two was a lot more of a pop culture friendly yeah. movie because of the John the Bon Jovi. Yeah, bit. I think I think it was all over MTV constantly. Yeah. So it was you know you were seeing these these young stars. Uh, in the sequel, it just all over your TV constantly. Anthony Marinelli's uh, score here didn't take off quite the way that Bon Jovi's <laughs> Blaze of Glory did. I guess so. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, no, I mean, I was aware of it, but um, Westerns weren't really my thing anyway. So I was kind of avoiding as a kid. I'm not I'm not really watching Westerns. I don't. Yeah, well, the Western, the American Western by this point didn't really it had pretty much died out. Yeah. I mean, the the final note of it was Unforgiven in 92, mm-hmm. but this was really like the tail end. They had virtually stopped making them yeah. throughout the... The Western was considered part of old Hollywood. Yeah. And that, you know, the John Wayne era and prior to that. I mean, if you look back, if you look back to the... 20s and like there's tons of westerns and 30s and yeah. and well, into the 40s like just bread westerns and butter all over the place well i mean hollywood's out here in the desert you know you you could be filming westerns all day yeah. like it made a lot of sense yeah and, and it was adventurous and fun and and there were very and, good westerns in the 70s and and into the 80s mm-hmm. uh, mostly the clint eastwood stuff yeah uh but that once once he had started to move away from that there was really nothing left i mean you'd have a good one here and there like silverado was fun Mm -hmm. and and i thought this was a really i think this is a solid western Mm -hmm. i think if you like westerns i don't know what what your your issue would be against this movie okay yeah i i don't i haven't seen enough westerns to gauge that so i'm just gonna roll with you on that one copy if i like the spaghetti westerns and the clint eastwoods and all that I would the John Waynes. I would like. I would like this as well. Yeah, this is this. This fits the mold. I think this is really just all around solid. Mm-hmm. Okay. If uh, anybody out there has an argument against it, I'd love to hear it. You can tweet at us or Instagram us or message us on Facebook. Yeah, at Reconcinimation on Reconcinimation Podcast on Facebook. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, but I thought when I was a kid, I thought. Like chart like like I said last week with with De Niro and Midnight Run, mm-hmm. he just looked super cool. Yeah. I thought Charlie Sheen looked fantastic in this movie. Mm. Like just seeing him on the poster, I'm like, yeah, that's the guy. <laughs> he looks good. He looks good. He's kind of at his his peak look, I think. Here, it's it, yeah. I mean, he that it was funny watching this. It was like, oh, that's that's sort of the Charlie Sheen I always have in my head. Like even you know when he had his big like big thing with two and a half men you know six years ago or whatever and and i wasn't watching that show and you see charlie sheen giving these interviews i'm like boy is that charlie sheen like that i i picture him how he looks here and in hot shots and yeah he's men he's in work. rough shape now, <laughs> like, but. Uh, and i mean i know he'd been a- already been acting for years before this but not really that long though he, oh. he kind of he kind of we'll get into this as we talk about the cast but he kind of arrived just after Emilio did. Oh, okay. So Emilio, Emilio's older, so he he got started in the kind of the early '80s. But Charlie Sheen was, you know, Red Dawn mm-hmm. was eighty. Oh God, four. Yeah, yeah, eighty-four, and this is eighty-eight. So oh, okay. 
but he had you know he had just come off platoon and and yeah he was at, at his peak i think here he looks good it's funny though i made note of it that sort of his his ensemble his outfit was like the the cleanest more like action figure ready kind yeah. of he has a very distinct look. Obviously, you have to you have to differentiate all these guys anyway. But right. there was something about him and just sort of this cleanliness and tidiness to his outfit, with complete with this just the clean scarf, and yeah, the, the collared shirt or something. I mean, uh, maybe not collared, but just the way he wore it. It was just sort of like Charlie yeah. Sheen is standing out amongst. And he's got the work gloves and stuff. He just yeah. looks look look good. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it fits his character too, but. Uh, as the way he's a sort of a uh, attached to the law and sort of the the rules and sort of the structure of what's mm-hmm. going on, he's sort of the he has to be he he's I guess he's more the leader of the these he's guys. Definitely the leader. He's the leader and yeah. sort of the more the most adult of the characters. Yes, um, among this group of six, as it was in in real life. Yeah, Dick. Yeah, Dick well, Brewer. Dick Brewer. The yeah, I, I had just I just saw Red Dawn. I just saw Platoon, mm-hmm. like just prior to this. So I was super, just super into him. You're a machine head. I'm a she- <laughs> the machine. <laughs> you the, gotta love the machine. Love the machine back then, at least. Mm-hmm. So, 1988, the big stars of the era, or some of the big stars, Tell not me. necessarily the Schwarzeneggers or Stallones, but the Brat Pack. Mm-hmm. The Brat Pack's running around all over. They're uh, all over the place. Ali Sheedy is just getting into trouble. <laughs> Every year. C. Thomas Howell is just <laughs> messing everything up. <laughs> but there's a the Brat Pack is a huge, kind of a huge group of teen stars from the 80s. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people who have kind of roots in the Brat Pack that you wouldn't necessarily immediately think. Like you think of... The John Hughes group. That's the like central kind of core of the Brat Pack, which yeah. Emilio Estevez would be in that. Yep. But all these guys kind of come are, are sort of related. Even Kiefer is sort of somewhat related right. to the you know, to that, that group. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of offsprings of it. But you know, you've got the, not just the John Hughes movies, but you've got Say Almost Fire, the Red Dawn, Young Blood. Mm-hmm. Of course, Ferris Bueller and and, right. and those those films, but yeah. uh, there's a whole slew of them all over the mid '80s. And this is uh, and this the, is I think you could group this in with them. Well, the the young these young guy these young actors are just part of that. They're taking over. They're taking over Hollywood in this this late '80s, mid. The, the, well, I guess all the '80s, right? Yeah. These oh, guys, yeah. All the way through. They're so they're at different levels of sort of stardom, but they're all associated with yeah. each other. And they all kind of skyrocketed to to stardom, and not all of them, you know, made it into the nineties. Mm-hmm. Even like Dermot Mulroney kind of disappeared for a while. Yeah. Like he did this, and then he was a working actor, but he wasn't starring in it. I think I. I, think, I, think, I, I don't think I saw him. I don't th- I remember seeing him again till that Sigourney Weaver movie. I think it was Eye for an Eye. Oh, okay. Yeah. In like 95 or 6. And then My Best Friend's Wedding. Like, and then he, yeah. Like he took off again, right? Yeah. Like then so he kind of cemented like a oh, handsome, you know, handsome, handsome boyfriend type. Boyfriend type, yeah. Jeremy yeah. Mulroney, he is a boyfriend type. Yeah. <laughs> you know what he's great in? Mm. About Schmidt. I've never seen About Schmidt. Oh, you need to see it. Yeah? Jack he Nicholson. Yeah. Dermot is hysterical in it. Really? I like it. Yeah. 
He's he he showed up in New Girl, I think, a little bit. He mm-hmm. dated Zoe Deschanel. Um, I've I've not worked directly. I, I mean, I've worked I've worked on projects with Dermot, and as far as I can tell, he is the consummate professional. You tell him where he needs to be, and what time he's there. Even if this guy has to fly, he wants to fly across halfway across the world. If you tell him you better be back here on Monday at six a.m., he's there. This guy works. He's a pro. I'm a big fan of Dermot Mulroney. Well, we all love him. Yeah, we all love him. But I've got. I've just. I just have to say, Dermot, if you're out there, thank you. Thank you for being a professional. We love Dermot. Big fan. Well, we'll bring him back to the show at some point after yeah. this. No, of course. But so you've got you've got some Hollywood families, Hollywood royalty, if mm. you will. You've got the Sheen family and the Southern Sutherland family oh, yeah. in this. Mm-hmm. So roots back in the seventies. And I think Martin Sheen and Donald Sutherland they did some they they've done one project together, I think. Yeah. I can't recall the name of it, but uh, I, I, know. I know they've done one thing together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And little did they know. Their kids would be running around the West together. Yes. When this came out, I was, yeah, I was all over the cowboy thing. I was in my G.I. Joe phase uh-huh. in 88 mm-hmm. and then morphed right into the Western thing This, I see. with this one. Gotcha. Yeah. And yes. I was always, I was always uh, Dick Brewer. Really? So, yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> cool. Uh, so let's talk about who made this movie. I think we're there. Let's okay. So, yeah, who, who did? Who, who's, who's responsible for this? Morgan Creek Productions, which was a uh, a big... And they went into... I think they were around into the... Definitely into the late 90s, and then they disappeared. But yeah. uh, they produced the film. Christopher Kane is the director, mm-hmm. who hadn't done a lot of projects uh, before this. But some of the bigger name ones was That Was Then, This Is Now. Starring yes. Emilio Estevez. Oh. Yeah. So he knew him already. They, yeah, they had worked together. And, I, and obviously that's, that was a link to, to this film. But sure. he also did a movie called The Principal. The Principal. With, Wait. That's either James Belushi or Tom Berenger. I don't know. You can go either direction. <laughs> I thought they were both in a movie called The Principal. Well, it's... it's or is one the of them one, the vice principal? They are they're different principals. Okay. No. Tom Berenger's the substitute. <laughs> oh, okay. Come on, yeah, don't sorry. the substitute. Uh, he's the substitute. I'm sorry. Uh, who didn't? He didn't make it through all the substitute movies. Because yeah, if you can't get Tom like Berenger, yeah. if you can't get Tom, who do you get? Treat Williams, of course. Oh my gosh! Treats. If you can't get Tom, get Treat. He was the substitute too. <laughs> but so, and they all have great like <laughs> subtitles, like Back to School. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so it was James Belushi. Your favorite Belushi, yeah. I love him. He's yeah, a- Jim Belushi and uh, uh, Louis Gossett. That's right, Louis yeah. Gossett. Wonderful. So they were great. He took care, took great care of, took care of a bunch of inner city ruffians. I remember for that movie, like one, like maybe Belushi walking around with a baseball bat yeah. right through the school. Like, what is happening in that movie? Like, yeah, we got, we got, we should cover that because I, I barely. I'd love to that. watch it again. Yeah, let's get into it. The violent high school sh- movies. There's a few of them. Yeah, that's going to be <laughs> so, quite a topic. So Christopher Kane knows how to direct. Yeah, so he's got a relationship intensity. with Emilio mm-hmm. and uh, ends up on this movie. Mm-hmm. Christopher Kane trivia. Go Do you know on. who his, I believe his stepson is? Dean Kane. Bingo. <laughs> okay. All you, right. you nailed it. All right. Spelled the same way. 
the uh, this film was written by John uh, Fusco. Mm-hmm. Fusco. 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 Either way. Hey, Fusco. Yeah. Uh, who had just written a great movie starring Ralph Macchio, hmm. Crossroads. Crossroads. What's not, that about? Not. I know you. Another one. I don't want to get confused, mm-hmm. but don't confuse it with the Britney Spears Crossroads. Oh my God! There's okay. no, there's no confusion. I know that movie in and out. I know. There's no way. What's the Ralph Macchio Crossroads about? He's like a, he's like a guitar player. I just remember the poster. I haven't seen it since I was like six or something. Mm-hmm. But I, I want to say like BB King is in it. He's like a blues guy or something. All right. And the poster is like Ralph Macchio, like up in the clouds, and beneath him is these long, these like crossroads. This big shot of like. Uh-huh. So, is maybe this, he's a ghost. Is this, um, a, is this a take on the <laughs> Devil and Daniel Webster kind of thing? Like, he, it might be. Yeah, <laughs> that's it what might it's, be. A, it's a it's a it's a lighthearted take on the whole thing. <laughs> anyway, well, good. For, so we got now. So we've got some major talent attached. Yeah. So Kane, so we've got Fusco writers and directors who are already working with Brat Pack folks or, or related yeah. to the Brat Pack. Sure, got that macho. And a lot of a lot of the the. The Brat Pack was kind of born from John Hughes, but also you can look at The Outsiders as another Brat Pack movie because they're totally yeah. I mean, that's Rob Lowe, Emilio, Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise, Swayze, Swayze, C. Thomas Howell, Ralph Macchio, see, amongst others. Oh, and don't forget Matt Dillon. Matt Dillon. But uh, that's another one that's there. There's kind of a whole hub of them there. Yeah. And then we've got our stars of the film, Emilio. Emilio Estevez. Estevez. Yes. Estevez. Yeah. Not Estevez. Oh, is that? No. I, I think it's Estevez. Why don't you... Estevez is let's the get, American. Can we get an intern to get him on the phone? Call uh, Maria. Our intern Maria probably yeah. knows. Get, let's... Maria. Can, can you get Emilio? You've got to can you, check my Rolodex. Yeah. Get him on the line. Yeah. Uh, Emilio's already a star by this point. He's done a number of movies. Yes. Maximum Overdrive. Uh, he was in That Was Then, This Is Now, Wisdom, Breakfast Club, of course, St. Elmo's Fire, and I think the one he did right before this was Stakeout, oh. co-starring Say it. Richard Dreyfuss, <laughs> who's still, I, is he still in the waiting room? Is he? I, we should see. I mean, he's, yeah, we... He really wanted to get in and talk about Jaws, but... Yeah, he's kind of a wild card. Yeah, I don't know. We 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 got to be careful with that Dreyfus. So Stakeout was right before this. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, awesome. Stakeout was '87. Yeah, I want to watch that. And again. Emilio was Emilio sporting a mustache in that one. I think it's in the one, sequel. Oh, it was the sequel. He's I think got that's the, the big thing. He grew it for the yeah the, the, for another Stakeout. <laughs> like, is that a mustache? Another Stakeout. Oh, another man. 48 hours. Mm-hmm. Could have been another Young Guns, maybe, but. Another, yeah. Just add another. I think Young Guns Two is the perfect title. Yeah, yeah. Young Guns Two, still gunning, yeah. still gunning <laughs> young. <laughs> and Emilio is, I think Emilio is fantastic in this movie. He's he plays Billy the Kid. Yeah, Emilio's Billy the Kid. William, William Bonnie. William H. Bonnie. Henry McCarty. Henry McCarty. Yeah. Which is his real name. His true name is McCarty, right? Yeah, McCarty. Yeah. Uh, Farty McCarty, <laughs> as the kids call him. <laughs> <laughs> they still do, don't they? I think they nobody do. says Billy the Kid. No. <laughs> uh, so Emilio's great here. I think he's he's got the right mix of comedy and lightheartedness, and then can 
turn on a dime mm-hmm. to the to the serious killer side mm-hmm. of uh, Billy the Kid. Savages, yeah, savageness. We talked about Charlie Sheen already. Yeah, he's coming off great. of. Uh, do you remember the Wraith? You ever see the Wraith? I've never seen the Wraith. Oh, it's another one. Is Whoa. that a horror movie? It's. Is that a bank robbing? No, movie? It, it's it sounds like a bank robber. I don't know how to categorize it. It's. He's a guy who gets kind of. I think he gets killed by this gang, okay? Uh-huh. And then he comes back as sort of like a spirit. Oh, so it's the crow. A little, yeah. <laughs> or Spawn. And he's like driving this car, this really cool car, and he's, you know, oh. nobody knows it's him. So he's, and he's getting Rider. revenge on, on the gang. <laughs> so, so it's either the crow or Ghost Rider or Spawn. Kind of Ghost it's all Rider-ish. Com- this yeah. is where all these comic books got their ideas. Yeah. It's from Charlie Sheen's. But you should check Charade. that out. Okay. I'll give that uh, a shot. Platoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was a big, you know, huge movie. I mean, huge, huge for yeah. Charlie. That that was what really moved him to the leading man, yeah. pretty quickly. I mean, we said he started in '83 ish, mm-hmm. and uh, Platoon's in '86, yeah. winning Academy Awards and getting all sorts of attention, and yeah. and he's the lead in that. And then following that up with Wall Street was another wow. like another hit, another cementing of him as your your star. Yeah. So you've kind of got two stars here. And going into it, I remember going to the theater f- expecting Charlie to be the real lead. Uh, you know, I, I mean, you know it's Billy the Kid's story, but yeah. um, that's just kind of the expectation. I mean, why, why wouldn't he be? Yeah, yeah. right. Who else, who else do we have here? We've got... We talked about the, the young Sutherland. Yeah, Kiefer. Kiefer. Now, Kiefer, Kiefer. is not quite... He's still on the rise at this point. Mm-hmm. He's coming off Stand By Me mm-hmm. and uh, The Lost Boys. Lost Boys, yeah. That was kind of his big thing. Right? Lost, I mean, yeah. He's Isn't on the poster for Lost Boys, isn't he? Like, he's right at the front. He's pretty right? prominent. Yeah. He's the prominent vamp. Yeah. Prominent vampy. He's a vampire, right? Well, he's a big Schumacher guy. Joel Schumacher. Yeah, yeah. He worked with him several more times after after that. But. Yeah. So this is another way. This is another Kiefer rising star moment and this was a really good move for him Mm -hmm. to not be the villain yeah because in both of those he's i mean he's pretty nasty like he's nasty in stand by me yeah 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 here he's the he's the educated sensitive type yeah who just wants to find love and (laughs) although he does have a good kefir moment in it that's absolutely terrifying (laughs) which we can get into later and he plays doc Sherlock. Skurlock? Skurlock. 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 You're right. Sorry. Yeah, Skurlock. I don't mean to correct you on your own show. Please, please do. <laughs> I'm not perfect. Uh, nobody is. I'm not Mr. You're, perfect. You're pretty close. You're pretty close. There's only I'm one just... Mr. Perfect. Yeah. If you're so perfect, why is he dead? <laughs> Let's not talk about that. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> no disrespect. Um, sorry. Lou Diamond Phillips, another rising star. Yeah. Um, st- uh, Stand and Deliver, and of course, La Bamba. La Bamba. He was huge after La Bamba. Yeah, I wouldn't say he's. I would say he's on parallel with Kiefer at this point. Okay. Yeah, he he had starred in those movies, but those, and La Bamba was real. La Bamba was really big, wasn't it? Yeah, I remember I think so. it being big when it came out, but it wasn't. I don't think don't he think was, was seen at the level of Sheen and Emilio. No, probably no, not no. He definitely wasn't. But there, I would say he's right there. Him and Kiefer are kind of that second tier. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. We talked, and who does he play? He plays Jose Chavez y Chavez. 
He sure does, and which, he does it well. Which reminds me of my favorite song that goes Chavez, 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 Chavez. See, like, when they said that in the movie, I'm like, is the, the, that's definitely you could remix that. Yeah, that's that's an Avicii song. R R I P Avicii. That way, <laughs> that's an EDM song. Chavez, Chavez. Sorry. Nice. I'm just Can someone remix that? Put well, then, then there's it? another another uh, link to a some musical talent here mm. so but we're gonna get to it right now casey shimazko is the next one yeah uh who's playing charlie boundary mm-hmm. uh casey's coming off of what's he coming off of back to the future he's got a small role in that yeah yeah well and then you casey and dermot were like the next tier down from Kiefer and lou diamond yeah yeah uh but casey's great in this movie but Three He's o'clock really? high, I think, is his big. I love Three o'clock high, by the way. Everybody, Three o'clock That's high the is best great movie. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he's great in it. Yeah, uh, and he's the lead in that. Mm-hmm. Did but he also was in another project with Kiefer. Mm. D- Amazing stories. I think it's. I want to say it's the first episode of Amazing stories. Oh, is it? Yeah. Uh, the, the one, the World War Two, when they're all in the bomber. Yes. And. Casey oh yeah, is the he's guy the guy in the, in the turret. That's right. Gee, I didn't even put that together. Yeah, oh, I'm an idiot. So you've got another. Oh, and that's wow. like eighty-six or seven. Yeah, I don't remember so, the year, but so yeah, so, he's just he's, he's just showing up in great stuff. Yeah, he's got great things. Good for yeah. Casey. I I really like him. Uh, yeah, I love Casey's great, and I think he's a lot of fun in this. And and I was always kind of bummed that he he's another guy who kind of disappeared for a while. You yeah. you start seeing him again in the the. Well, I think the 2000s, he starts to reappear. Yeah. But I don't know what happened. I don't know why he went off the uh, map there for a little bit. But, uh, and then we already mentioned Dermot. Oh, sorry. Wait, let me go back. Rewind what, for a sec. What, okay. So how how much do you love Warren G? Uh, you know, uh, as, as the same as any <laughs> man in his 90s. 30s. rapper. Yeah. Uh, the song Regulate. Comes right. from yeah yeah so we've got another hip hop link here and that's from and he samples some of uh, Charlie Bowdry's dialogue here. Regulators, we regulate any stealing of his property. We're damn good too, but you can't be any geek off the street. Got to be handy with the steal if you know what I mean. Earn you keep. Uh, and then we've got we've got loads of other actors in this. Absolutely. Older talent, Jack Palance, mm-hmm. uh, who and this was his comeback movie. He was a big Western star. Mm-hmm. I think he did mostly Western and military movies in the '60s and early '70s, mm-hmm. and uh, this was sort of the comeback. He was huge after this movie. Yeah, he had a nice resurgence in the '90s. Yeah, because '89, he's got not only does he have Batman, mm. but Tango and Cash. All right, that's right. Yeah, Cash. Tango. Cash. Tango. Tango. And then uh, City Slickers right after that. Yep. But uh, this is this kind of opens the door for those. Terrence Stamp. Beautiful in this movie. Great actor. Great uh, British star mm-hmm. uh, who many of you listeners probably would know from Superman yeah. 1 and 2. Kneel before Zod. Yeah. Bow to Zod. Bow to Zod? Kneel, kneel before Zod. I, yeah, Neil. You yeah. will kneel. My, you my, will kneel before Zod. <laughs> Sorry. My t- one of my teachers at film school, Brent Cleaver, uh, back at the College of Santa Fe, used to say he would walk around and just say, "Bow to Zod." 
belt. <laughs> oh, man, he was getting it wrong the whole time? He was time? getting it wrong, but it was fun. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Terry O'Quinn is in this. I think it's O'Quinn. That's what I said. Terry, Terry O'Quinn. 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 <laughs> O'Quinn. <laughs> no. I, I like mispronouncing his name. <laughs> okay. It's Terry O'Quinn. <laughs> Come on. He's great. Uh, he's fantastic, and he's great in this, and he's coming off of uh, definitely a movie we're going to cover, Silver Bullet. Mm-hmm. And then the stepfather, where he was very disturbing. Oh, I've never seen stepfather. Stepfather. Yeah, you'll be you'll be frightened. And Silver Bullet's about werewolves, right? Silver Bullet is definitely about werewolves. Excellent. Uh, and for sure, we're going to hit that one up. Yes. Uh, and, and he's in your favorite show, isn't he? Alias. Mm, yeah. Alias season two. But your and other three. favorite show? Uh, oh, uh, Lost. Mm-hmm. It's a, you know I'm, I have an affinity I I have a special place in my heart for Lost yeah and he's he's wonderful in it it was actually it was great to see him become a pretty big TV star yeah later and later in his career yeah because I always loved him from these movies mm-hmm. he had a wonderful turn in Alias season two uh, by the way and that's why I like fell like fell in love with him mm-hmm. and I think that's what that's what got him into the Lost like JJ made sure oh yeah he, yeah because he just he was great yeah <laughs> I just really and loved he was Jerry. great on Lost too oh yeah absolutely. Uh, and we've also got another another brief role from Brian Keith. Brian Keith, who played Buckshot Roberts. Buckshot Roberts. Yep. Uh, who was coming off of, I think, Hardcastle and McCormick, which the, I love the theme song to that mm-hmm. show. One of my faves. Mm-hmm. So, so that's, that's... There's a, a big fucking cast. That is a huge <laughs> cast of young guns and, and uh, old, older stars, Holy too. Holy shit. A lot of a lot of folks. Very, very so. I mean, with all this star power, all this talent. I mean, look look what's good. This movie's exploding with it, like a volcano. This movie is known for being possibly the most historically accurate depiction of Billy the Kid. This one, yeah. It is really it's, yes. This is this is everything I've ever read is like about this movie is like. There's a lot of well, they. I mean, for any made up stuff like they do with any Billy the Kid movie. I mean, the regulators. There's, there's like in real life, there was like 45 of them. So sure. you're not gonna you're not gonna have yeah all of them in it. So you're gonna you know narrow it down. Yeah. But all these guys were all real people. All this sure. stuff really happened in this timeline. All right. Yeah. So names, names, places. Yeah. And events are more or less the same. Yeah. That's okay. So, so that's the accuracy. Well, I mean, it is. I guess it's more accurate than Billy the Kid meets Dracula, which is a movie, apparently. Which I did. Not, I have not seen. That's this. a real thing. I think from the fifties, which we should watch. <laughs> oh my! God. I'm sure that's not quite as accurate as Young Guns. But that's, anyway. uh, yeah. Well, they did have it in, They did travel to Transylvania. So. <laughs> yeah. No, he, I think Dracula travels to the old West for some reason. I forget what he's looking. I think he's looking I, for gold or something. I don't know. Gonna, let's watch this this afternoon. <laughs> uh, right. But yeah, this is. I mean, they they really have this spot on. A couple of things are tweaked a little bit. Yeah. Um, like Chavez is is modified a little bit. Yeah. Um, but well, like if you look at Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid, the Sam Peckinpah movie in the seventies, yeah. there's there's a couple things more, a little bit more accurate in that one. But yeah. overall, this is kind of the right timeline. Okay, that one's I'll take your word for it. Yeah, 
I'll take your word for it on that. Okay. I mean, Pat take Garrett's it. barely in this movie. He only Yeah, see- well, I mean, it, this really, it bleeds into Young Guns too. I mean, that's that's yeah. the other half of the story. Yeah, this is a setup for This that, is not the Pat Garrett part of Billy the Kid. This is prior to that. This right. is all, this is just the Lincoln County War. Okay. Yeah, that big, the big event of the, yeah. the right, big storyline. That's the focus. It's, it's, this isn't a whole picture of Billy the Kid's life. Right, okay. Which is where where part two comes into play because that's where you get back into that story. Okay. They introduce Pat Garrett. He shows up twice yeah. and they allude to what will happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they sure not, do. If you're, if you're, if you're looking for the whole Billy the kid story, you really need to watch one and two. Got it. Or that's where you go back and watch the Peck and Paw film because that's, that's more of what that movie is. Okay. Uh, this is specifically the Lincoln County War, and these which, guys. Yeah, which was which was another real situation. Okay. Um, the regulators were a group that a group of ranch owners and cowboys that that all kind of knew each other, centering around Lincoln, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a the issue at heart at the heart of the whole story is a, is a beef and goods war between John Tunstall, who was a, a who had just settled there from, from England, mm-hmm. and uh L. G. Murphy and Jimmy Dolan, who were uh Irishmen who had already been in Lincoln and running the whole cattle and beef and and services industry there. Yeah. So they they were controlling everything and Tunstall was was basically moving in and trying to create Competition and mm-hmm. start his own business there. Horn in on the on the on the business there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that creates a lot of tension in the uh, the old west. For yeah. These, these men. And um, at the same time, Tunstall was taking in cowboys. You know, younger younger cowboys and trying to educate them, like like they show in the movie. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the birth of the regulators. So like, but like, I'm looking this up. I've, there were, I think, there's conflicting reports on like that Tunstall was actually educating these guys because Tunstall himself was like 24 when he died. Yeah, but he's I think not he like an old them... British man, and like, and then he's not like civilizing these guys to like learn no. how to read and write. No, and I, shit, well, that's right? that's not what I had read, but yeah, I mean, I think there's a there's there's yeah, yeah, there is conflicting reports about about how because it seems the degree like, of what he was doing because obviously he's hiring these guys to be. The muscle, the heavy, yeah. the the protectors, all of that. So I mean, the fact that it's not like he's he's finding these these guys and being like, well, he's not, taking, he's, taking advantage of their savagery and and uh, and their nature, but then also like teaching them table manners. <laughs> I can't. I, I don't know if I can reconcile that. If that's true, I was there. <laughs> it's I just. It. it just seemed, he did it. But like, so that's why. I, so like, yeah, when that may like, be a little bit. You know. You know pushed for story's sake yeah. to, to create a real like connection and yeah. bond him. But these guys, you have to also remember these guys definitely were loyal to him. I mean, sure. they, they carried out this war for years after his death. Yes. And they wouldn't have done that if there wasn't some kind of faith in him. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. That makes you know? sense. Yeah. There was something they, uh, Get, you know, hop take- in the time. Let's hop in the time machine and go <laughs> No, But, uh, the Murphy Dolan gang. I mean, they really were a gang. Yeah, they were, and they kind of connected with several other gangs: the Jesse Evans gang, the John Kinney 
yeah. gang. A bunch of crime families. Yeah, it really was. It crime, was, you know, yep. like running shit. It was like <laughs> the, the mafia mentality. Yeah, the, the Irish mafia, and um, I mean, they weren't. I don't know if they were directly in that, but it was no the it's same it's in the same style of, of yeah. We're a group. We're doing our shit. We're making. Yeah. We're making money, and don't mess with us. Kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Tunstall's opposing them. He's partnered with Alex McSween, which is Terry O'Quinn. Terry O'Quinn. <laughs> Uh, and they're going at it, and they're it's not it's just escalating very quickly. Was McSween like a business partner? But he's, yeah. he's a lawyer, but a business partner in Correct. terms of investing his money in Tunstall. Correct. Okay, got yeah. it. I couldn't quite put it together. Yeah, it's it's a little. They don't really get into the detail of that. Yeah, I think they just mention that he's he's McSween is is Tunstall's partner. Yeah, but yeah, researching it, mm-hmm. there was they explain in more detail. But, got it. Uh, so it's kind of like. Those are, that that issue is is bubbling up real quick. Yeah. And the Murphy Dolan gang basically assassinate Tunstall, mm-hmm. and pr- the the same way they do in the movie. It's not after like a New Year's celebration. They were, mm-hmm. I think, they were moving cattle from one place to another when they're ambushed, and yeah. and they did like Billy definitely witnessed it. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Doc was there. Uh, they just assassinated him, like shotgunned him right out of his Ugh. right out of his saddle. Wow! So awful. And then that was you know they, as they do in the movie, they took off. They didn't retaliate right there, but kind of regrouped and yeah. and figured out how they were going to respond to that. So McSween is influential in getting them deputized, and this is this is the point where Dick which is played by Charlie Sheen in the movie, mm-hmm. uh, steps in. He's the foreman of the ranch, of Tunsil's ranch, and, and naturally kind of takes over as leader. Yeah, and they form the regulators. And they officially point. form the regulators. They're deputized. Yeah. Uh, I don't think all of them were deputized, but Dick was, mm-hmm. uh, Doc was, and... and Dirty yeah. Steve? Dirty, <laughs> you got to deputize Dirty Steve. <laughs> Charlie, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Uh, so they're they're legally now bound to round up members of the Murphy Dolan gang for that murder. That's that's the plot. That's what's happening. Got it. So matches the movie. Perfect. And again, you've got you've got in, in reality, there's a whole bunch of regulators throughout the length of their this war. Yeah. Uh, which was about three years. Mm-hmm. So they they whittle it down to just a handful in the movie for a story's sake. I have no problem with that. Yeah, I mean you can't you you wouldn't be able to handle another dozen characters just unless you you're just using them as like sort of background in these right. crowd scenes. But it doesn't serve to introduce a dozen extra people and, or and, whatever. And I'm not trying to put this movie down at all in any way. But you can, you're and, allowed to. No, I love the Sam Peckinpah take, version. Take it down. But they also have like they have a lot more characters in that yeah which i think does kind of water the story down a little bit that mm-hmm. you're trying to you know you don't have enough time to get to know all those guys when right. you when you narrow it down to yeah. you know six or seven people like you can really you know who each of these characters are yeah. they do a good job of like dick is the the strict leader he wants yep. to tow the, the he wants to tow the law you yep. know uh and doc is the sense as you said the sensitive educated type yeah, everyone's really distinct. Like, mm-hmm. in ter- they they give everyone a nice personality. If they if they were doing these movies today in the Marvel vein, you know, you'd give each of these characters their own movie, 
and then you bring oh. them together in Young Guns as, as, uh, as an Avengers film. And then I, I think then, you like that's what you do. And then you could you really could just have a uh, two dozen main characters just fighting it out. So they 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 did about it. They did it wrong. They just put all these characters in one movie, and <laughs> they, they started the opposite way. They should have they should have basically introduced one character at a time over the course of ten years. I don't know why they didn't. So were you? So if <laughs> I'm hearing you right, you're saying the regulators could take out the Avengers? Right? Uh, okay, cool. It'd be about yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> but yeah, um, well, let's make uh, let's make some spinoffs. Sure, let's do a Doc. Chart. Let's do Boundary. Boundary's back. <laughs> Boundary. Uh, uh, one one thing about the Murphy Dolan gang that's depicted differently in the movie uh-huh. is it was really Dolan that was more of the the quote unquote villain. Yeah. Uh, yeah in Murphy. reality, Murphy had uh, takes off back to he's got cancer and he takes off back to England pretty quickly after Tunstall's murder. Right. And then okay. he basically drinks himself to death. Oh. It, it was incurable, inoperable, and and he they just told him they're like. Drink as much as you want, and yeah. he did. I think that's what I would do if I had terminal uh, anything. I'd probably just drink myself into a stupor till I died. We, I we, wouldn't. <laughs> I'd go on like a cruise or something. <laughs> one cruise, that's it. Like just one cruise, like a, a Disney cruise. <laughs> I I want brunch with Goofy on a boat. That's my that's my make a wish. So I don't know in the movie. I don't know why they switched to Murphy as the villain. I mean, creative choice. But. Yeah, I think you just sort of pick because you don't even really see Dolan. I mean, they they he's, say they mention his it? name. Is he in it? I'm sure one of the extras that's with Murphy is Dolan, but yeah. they don't really, you know, they, they they they. It's really Murphy and then Sheriff Brady, who we'll get into in a bit. Yeah, I think you, I think they just because it's like the Murphy Brady connection. You don't want to like have this like trio of guys or whatever. Because so you just pick yeah. one, and he he represents both of them. Mm-hmm. You know. I guess that you gotta you gotta whittle it down. Yeah, whittling it. Otherwise, you got a three-hour. Well, you gotta movie. make a cohesive story, and yeah. and when you start yeah. spreading out the number of actors, this already has a lot of characters. We can't bring any more talent into this movie. It's I mean, too it's, many. It's overflowing. It's too much. Too talented. So when we see Billy in the film, he's just he he's running. He's on the run. Yeah, he's he just murdered a guy. Yeah, and that was <laughs> true. He got in a bar fight. And I think it was in Arizona. Yeah. And this got from from what I had researched, he was overtaken by this guy, and the guy's like sitting on his shoulders and just like <sighs> slapping him in the face. Yeah. And Billy was able to kind of maneuver out of that and just shot him in the gut right yeah. there, and then and then ran off. Yeah. So Billy, Billy the kid, in reality, I think only totaled. I read eight murder, eight deaths. Yeah. Something yeah, that saw, can really be attributed officially to him. Yeah, I saw like five to eight or something like yeah. that. Yeah, I think yeah. he shot a bunch of people. Sure. May have killed more than that, but they can only actually. Yeah. So it's a whole the whole Billy the Kid character has become a myth over over the years. Yes, which I think everybody's aware of that. Yes, he's quite a myth. But I think they do a good job of getting of. You know, Emilio is is not the tallest guy. I think they did it uh, physically, getting someone that that matches the real Billy the Kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was Billy the Kid short? Yeah, he was short, and I, that the picture that they take of him is like the one known photo of Billy the Kid. That yeah. that uh, 
I think there was a fair representation. Hmm. Yeah, okay. Uh, although Billy was never actually a leader, the leader of the regulators. He didn't take over after no. Dick was that, killed. That, that's one. Another not accurate thing. Yeah. <laughs> there was Dick was the leader uh, after he's uh, killed, which we'll get to in a sec. There's another there's another leader and then Doc is actually the third and the final leader. Oh, okay. Um huh. So, although uh, Billy was definitely influential in the group and I think steered it in different directions, yeah. but he was never the official leader of the group. Yeah, for the sake of this film, he sort of takes center stage and and as the leader of this group and unofficially the leader of the regulators, like you yeah. know, he's given the he's given all the the A-list material, all the A material yeah. for the film. Yeah. Uh, and then going back to Dick for a second, the okay, the issue, the scene with Buckshot Roberts was ridiculous. <laughs> Sorry. Pretty close to how it, pretty like really close to how it happened though. Okay, really? They were they were eating as they are in the film. Mm-hmm. The difference here was Buckshot Roberts came to town. To, I think he was mailing a letter. And he, he was not really involved with the the the, the Lincoln County War. Mm-hmm. I think he was kind of on the outskirts of it. Yeah. But saw them and was felt like he had to try to apprehend them as well because they were all going after each other. Right. Uh, and and I believe they actually had a conversation about it before, like whether they should engage each other or not. Uh-huh. And then they, of course, do. Wow. Uh, they really, you know, had a shootout. Buckshot is, you know, wounded, mortally wounded, and backs off instead of a, a, a outhouse. He backs off into some kind of office, okay. which is where he gets the shotgun, and he's kind of recuperating in there, or you know, getting his bearings and firing shots out the window. And Dick, instead of Dick and two other guys approach the, or uh, kind of like working their way up towards the office. And instead of getting shot in the in the chest like Charlie is, mm-hmm. um, Charlie Sheen, he just kind of pops his head over like a pile of wood, and he's shot like right in the head. Oh, uh, but that was that was. Other than that, that's feel like it matches pretty well to me. That buckshot killed Dick. Yeah, yeah. Buckshot killed Dick, and in the same fashion. I just gotta say the and the, that buckshot Robert scene, the whole thing is just kind of kind of ridiculous to me just that this guy gets off his horse they the they the five the six of them line up and watch him and talk to him yeah and then as soon as he starts firing they all just flee like they these guys are like straight up just shooting people out in the open doing whatever they want like and then buckshot roberts is there oh god let's hide like not one of them could pull a gun and kill this guy if well they're scared of them i mean you have to remember they're they're like kids still basically yeah i mean they're young and they're, they're young. <laughs> they're young, and they are guns. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it, it does it, to me like that scene doesn't quite match up to what they're what they were doing before. You know, it just, it just, yeah, because I'm, like the result they're... of that scene to get to that result, which is accurate, they, it's this is sort of implausible in terms of it's like a more plausible way to tell this story would be him just sort of ambushing them or something like that. But yeah, but that's I mean them they're trying to be they're trying to be historically accurate. Well, as much as you can. I guess I mean the the result of the yeah, they had an encounter and two people died and that's that's the that's the historical accuracy. 
this is just like the least exciting way to present it. Like, yeah, but it, that it, like Dick just sort of wanders up. Th- there's a guy trapped in a house shooting indiscriminately, and he decides to walk up to it. Like, he, they think why? That, <laughs> they think he's dead. They think they hear he like gr- like he gets shot. He goes uh-huh. in there, and they hear him spitting up blood. Uh-huh. So they, I think, they think that they can just either check to make sure he's dead, yeah. or you know, arrest him because okay. they're still deputies at this point yeah so i think that was his intention and they're intimidated by some some of these guys are like legendary characters buckshot roberts and john kinney like they they were nervous they were scared yeah okay so i think that's i think that's a motivation in that scene i'll I'll buy that as that's what was the the thinking behind it yeah the way it's presented the way these guys are in this movie i just say i just just it just seemed off to me yeah but you know, it got it got us to the next thing that mm-hmm. needed to happen. Yeah. That's the thing. It's just sort of like this is the next thing that needs to happen because this is in the history books. I, I don't know. Just some of that stuff. This scene in particular just didn't jive with me. I didn't get it. Mm. He ends up they, injuring a couple of them, like getting Doc. Yeah, Doc. Well, and and that which isn't true though, right? He well, that didn't happen to Doc. There was another guy named George Coe uh-huh. who was part of the gang. Yeah, George and Frank Coe. Yeah, uh, who was an older guy. Um. And he, he's the one who got his fingers blown, his trigger finger blown off. Got it. Like, I think his thumb and his forefinger. But, but like, didn't even Billy get shot in the leg or something like yeah, that? Yeah, Billy gets grazed and shot kind of a couple of times. Yeah. As he does in the movie. But, right. Um, yeah. So, but as a kid, little John, little eight-year-old John sitting in the theater with Grandma. Yeah. When I see Charlie Sheen get just blown away, gutted like this. Yeah. Oh, my tough. heart stopped. Aww. I was, I was so, I was like, "That's my guy." Yeah, it's my favorite. You came, you you came to see Charlie. I did. And yeah, then... yeah. That was, and and it's, you know, for anyone not knowing the story going into the movie, you know, that was a total surprise to me. Right, you wouldn't have expected. Totally that. caught off guard. That I mean, this is what halfway through the movie. Yeah, it's about. Yeah, yeah. maybe just over halfway, and yeah, and. Uh, it's a, it's always an interesting trick when they do that when your lead like Psycho when when your lead gets taken out earlier than you thought right, or right. didn't expect at all. Yeah, yeah. So, and at this point, this is where in the film Billy sort of takes leadership of the group. Mm-hmm. Then we've got Doc. Yeah. And the whole storyline love affair situation. Yeah. I don't know if any of that is really accurate. He was married to a, a Mexican woman, not mm-hmm. Asian. Yeah. Who in real life was sisters with the woman that Charlie marries. So Charlie Baudry. Charlie Baudry. Oh, yeah. Baudry. So they oh, okay. they technically so they were in like real life family. were like brother and law brother in laws. Um, so. That's cool. Yeah. Uh sweet. So yeah, I mean that's based on what I like like they're the only way to really to punctuate his uh, doc's sensitivity and education was to pursue this celestial, <laughs> this yeah. this China doll, yeah, uh, this otherworldly creature that he's just so enamored by, and it's just probably not based in reality at all. Probably, uh, yeah, probably so, not. Like, so again, like something like when you said, I know you said it's the most historically accurate for Billy the Kid, but then I was just. Well, there, yeah, and I was just like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> like, there's, there's, this isn't, but that's not about Billy the Kid. That's about Doc. Right. So it's just for story purposes, they're taking that license. They well, they do this thing, and I don't know if that was a studio thing or someone felt like they had to force a, a 
We need a woman in this movie. <laughs> yeah, there's no ladies. <laughs> there's there's two ladies. There's two women in this movie. Yeah, it's very one of them's a whore. <laughs> heavy. Yeah. Uh, so, and yeah. there'll be a good good story point for Kiefer, and yeah, you know, it gives him more motivation. Flex to, his to acting live. muscles. Yeah. Uh, but I love Doc. Doc's Doc's great in this. Doc's all right. I mean, he's he's sensitive, but he's still cool. Yeah, he's cool. He's educated. He's he's, he's kind of he's kind of reasonable. Yeah, like, you know, he's just sort of a. I wouldn't know what he did to like sort of get in with these ruffians. You know, the, this idea that these guys are all sort of unrefined or just sort of like, yeah, pieces of shit in real life. Yeah, <laughs> like, I I don't I don't know what I don't have a sense of that. Doc is just sort of this this kind of regular guy, right? Uh, otherwise, in and, the context of this movie, yeah. And his, and this is more of a Young Guns 2 thing, but... Go on. Doc actually didn't die. I mean, he, he's dead now. He didn't, he didn't, he's not still alive. Yeah, I would hope not. He'd be, he'd <laughs> be he, a vampire. <laughs> well, if they did meet well, up with Dracula... That's true. Uh, maybe there's maybe. something here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, Doc uh, was not killed the way he's killed in Young Guns 2. Oh. He's, that's actually how Charlie is killed. Charlie Baudry. Yeah. In Young Guns the way Char- Doc dies in Young Guns 2 is the real way Charlie Beaudry dies in real life. Correct. Just Doc the- actually survived and moved to Texas and became a, uh, he ran a post office. Right. So. It's not a bad gig. No. And he lived, he lived like a long life and hmm. got out of the hole. Well, good for him. Yeah. Way to go, Doc. You way did go, it. Way to go, Doc Skurlock. Now Chavez. Chavez, you Chavez. He's a little. This character was a little bit uh, fictionalized for for this version. Yeah. In reality, he was another older, uh, older guy. Was much more violent, much more aggressive. Mm-hmm. Was definitely more of an outlaw for sure mm-hmm. uh, than than the way he's depicted in this. Yeah. They were they were pretty much creating a character for you to emotionally get behind and when like when he tells his backstory about what happened to his tribe and yeah and uh get you behind him and isn't it like he may not have even been like navajo like indian yeah there's he may be just straight mexican there's not a lot known about him yeah um he did survive uh he actually became more of an outlaw after this and then became like a deputy again really like a sheriff oh my god but uh, corrupt and yeah. you know it wasn't he was not the character that Lou Diamond Phillips is. it's an interesting Chavez is interesting in this film that like they the he is the you know he's sort of this the, he's got the mystical Indian element to him he's got the brown skin he's sort of this otherworldly guy he brings he gives them peyote and they go to the spirit world like how about the spirit Which world is such segment? Such a great scene, great part of the movie. And like, <laughs> but uh, and then he, you know, he's given a, a role at the climax that sort of you know cements him as this. He's this go-to guy that sort of uh, can take care of it. He's great with knives. You know, he mm-hmm. can shoot. He's good with the steel, but he's great with knives. Yeah. Uh, well, so, this is like you know, if such you, an interesting character to me. From a character point of view, you can sort of kind of compare this to the Magnificent Seven. Like, each mm-hmm. of them looked to have a different... Like you were saying about the wardrobe. Yeah. Each of them has a different look. Each of them has a different weapon or talent or skill. Yeah. Or personality trait. Mm-hmm. So they, they definitely stand apart from each other. Yeah, everyone... Uh, 
it just it, it just makes for good storytelling it's this canterbury tales thing kind of like where you have a class or a type of person that everyone's bringing their specialty to it mm-hmm. uh in this adventure mm-hmm. and uh yeah I, th- I think the six the, i think the six regulators are are very uh, well done and differentiated i think it's um it's uh and chavez is quite i'm just lou diamond is great i just watch him all day yeah I, would, I want and and then and honestly I would just want to and uh, he's not a regular but Terrence Stamp so good in this movie I would I would love to just watch him teach someone how to read for two hours oh my he's god he's so great <laughs> Terrence Stamp is so he's such an he got uh, he finally got some appreciation I think in the late nineties mm-hmm. when he like once he did the Limey mm-hmm. which is a great movie he was he was like oh yeah Terrence Stamp yeah I mean he was so good that they put him in. Phantom Menace. That's true. And he just knocked it out of the knocked, park. Knocked it out. As they all did in that one. <laughs> he quit after that, right? He didn't want to do he didn't do any of those movies. He didn't do episode two, right? No. I think he His character has like one scene. I don't even know does he even have dialogue in Phantom Menace? He's sort of in it, I think he's, isn't he? Uh, yeah, he's, he's the one Emperor Palpatine replaces him. Oh, okay. So Anyway. Uh, whatever it doesn't matter. Staring staff though, lovely. In when we'll, we'll sidebar and do our Star Wars episode, which will be twelve hours long. Yes. So we'll talk about that. We're gonna go beat by beat. Um, Charlie Bowdry, yeah, Chase. was in in real life. Billy was possibly the closest with Billy. Well, they grew up together or something, right? Yeah, or they, they knew each other. As they kids. knew each other. Yeah. So they were they were like best friends, and and the kind of third to that was. Tom O'Folliard, who's in the second movie, played by Balthazar Getty. Oh. And and that's an accurate depth, the way he's killed. But the three of them were really close and, and were, like, more of the best friends. So The best friends club. The best friends club. <laughs> yeah. the three of them. They held hands while they were riding, you know. <laughs> right. And they had... Uh... They had matching, uh, you know, wrist, leather wrist uh, <laughs> bracelets, I think. Uh, um, but his... And he's another guy that not I don't think a huge amount is known about him. The marriage thing was really did happen. He married Doc's sister-in-law. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, kind of before his his death. I can't quite tell in, in the context of the film. Did he he already knew this woman when he married her? Like, did they know? I don't. These the way like I don't think so. Well, that's here's, what's it was at, about this that story. was at a place that they would go to often. So oh, maybe right. he did know them. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the movie, it seems like they just show up. They, you know, they're there for one night. He's got eyes just... for this girl, and yeah. they get married. I guess you don't have a lot of time to explore, but yeah, I, I think on a, a another rewatch, I realized that they had. That's the town they kept going back to. Yeah, they so and it's the same town I think in Young Guns too. Oh yeah, they're not really clear about it, but yeah. um, well, where his where Charlie's grieving widow is, mm-hmm. <laughs> which we never. Here from again. Spoiler alert: Charlie gets fucked up <laughs> in this movie. But I, after he loses his mind, the scene where uh, where he goes to see the prostitute mm-hmm. originally that was supposed to be his mother. Oh, oh, yeah, sweet. Oh. That'd have been something that actually would fit perfectly with. I like I like Charlie Beaudry because he's 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 sort of like this everyman survivor type of this group you know mm-hmm. he's not he he feels like yeah you said it like he feels like an average guy yeah i think so like you know he's got his skill he's a pugilist you know he could he could brawl um and he 
and he can play he's just sort of playing a little bit of a tough guy but he like he doesn't like the situation they get in like he he doesn't like rolling with these guys the more trouble they get into mm-hmm. um so he's just sort of finding his he, he's with his tribe now and he's got to sort of survive yeah but he does i don't think he really likes being there well i think he's going along because what else, what other choice does he have yeah i mean he's he's the one who's scared you know yeah. he represents the fear that they all are aware of and are feeling to different degrees yeah but billy's just kind of like ignoring it mm-hmm. like all that all those concerns are real but he yeah. doesn't really care you know yeah but charlie expresses it charlie's the yeah he's the voice of that fear yeah um through it and i think that that at least gives the audience something to connect to to be like yeah they should be fucking scared yeah <laughs> like, what are they doing yeah <laughs> this is a nightmare this yeah is a nightmare situation. he's totally they're stuck. hunted from four directions they can't go anywhere right they're screwed yeah so they just keep kind of circling almost the same yeah you know the same area yeah but... and he's him and dirty steve are, are basically the kind of like the light-hearted I yeah. wouldn't say comic relief, but yeah. you know they're they're uh, there's some levity. Yeah, there's some levity with them. Yeah, yeah. Dirty Steve's interesting. That just he's just this moron who's he'll just kind of kind of go with the flow and he'll just shoot people. And, yeah, but he's he's not like an animal. But he's just he's just Dirty Steve. He's and just he, in the way. yeah, he was a real guy, Dirty Steve Stevens. But it was also kind of mixed for this movie with they took. Because nobody really knows much about Dirty Steve. He's like on the list as having been a regulator, mm-hmm. but there's really nothing known about him. Right. So they took Arkansas Dave Rudabaugh, who is Christian Slater in Young Guns 2, mm. and took kind of what he was doing and what he was like and morphed it with Dirty Steve. Got it. Hmm. It was interesting to see what regulators they picked for this movie. That They, they didn't pick George Coe, who was more of a an interesting character mm-hmm. in the from reality but uh they prob- probably because he was older mm. they wanted to keep it young keep it youthful young guns right is Coe in young guns too no Coe in and he's not he's not in any of those movies. no they just didn't use that character oh. but they used like things about him and you know gave the the some of it to doc and other characters but. got it so yeah, that's every character. Again. That's every character. That's all the the guns. <laughs> that's all the guns. There we go. Um, we talked about the accuracy of of uh, Tunstall's death, and we talked about Dick. the gunfight of Blazers Mills, which was was Buckshot Roberts and and Dick Brewer. Mm-hmm. The McCluskey situation, the scene where McC- McCluskey is revealed as a traitor. Yeah, that was another real situation that happened. Uh-huh. They had caught uh, Baker and Morton, who were definitely two. When when Tunstall was killed, he was I believe it was four people who were kind of surrounding him and shot at him, and Baker and Morton were two of those guys. Oh wow! And they did catch up with them and arrest them, but they it, this scene didn't happen as quickly as it happens in the movie. Mm-hmm. They had these guys for about three days, and they actually stopped in town. And I believe it was Baker was able to. They let him write a letter to his family, which was in the letter he says, "Like I'm pretty sure these guys are going to kill me." Wow. So goodbye. Wow. So and then nobody knows exactly what transpired, mm-hmm. but it's believed that they took him to a place called Dead Man's. I think it was Dead Man's Creek, mm-hmm. and they were executed. 
And McCluskey, who was a regulator, was found shot in the head as well. And supposedly Billy, as shown in the movie, had some kind of lead that McCluskey was working for Dolan. Oh, I see. And uh, took him out. Gotcha. Interesting. Well, as I was reading, I mean, didn't didn't in real life didn't Billy run with Dolan's gang for a little bit before? I think up before, with yeah, like, yeah. You know, like when he was younger, when he was still drifting, yeah. Um, so I mean, who knows, like what his connections with these guys are, or yeah, anything like that. But yeah, I, 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 that was interesting to learn. Like you know, he he kind of goes where he, he went with the flow for him, yeah, and didn't you know? I think he the what I read, he didn't like Dolan's gang, like in terms of these these guys were. Right. Kind of, they were they were villainous types, mm-hmm. you know. So he wanted to get out of there, yeah, and sort of hooked up with Tunstall eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, another scene that's pretty accurate is uh, Sheriff Brady's death. Yeah. So they did it go? Did it work that way? The way they depicted it? a little bit differently. They yeah. didn't. I mean, he didn't run out in the street. I mean, that that's okay. I'll give you that. That's <laughs> like, glamorized. I mean, sure. if you're going to say that Brady was killed, sure. Well, okay. they did. The that's, regulators that's accurate. <laughs> the regulators did execute Brady, and uh, there were three guys there. Yeah. They killed two of them. One of them got away. But got it. Uh, so yes, the regulators did get revenge and assassinate. Um, although it took him like I think two days to die. Yeah. But uh, not exactly the way done in the movie, right? Like ten percent. <laughs> yeah, they knew where he was. They knew he was coming down that like main street, and uh-huh. they just before when you see them hiding behind that wall, yeah, and they're kind of regrouping. Or like, I'm sorry, I may be mixing that up. Um, uh, there's well, a scene where they're, go ahead. yeah, there's like a wall that they're hiding behind. Yeah, Dirty and John and somebody, Dirty Steve, Dirty John. Sorry, Dirty Steve. <laughs> Who's and Dirty John? Dirty John. I don't know. Never mind. Um, but they they hide behind there and ambush yeah. him from there. But of course, they depict Billy the kid as uh, just just carefree, yeah. recklessly just prancing behind him, like doing a big show for who the the other regulator, yeah, and the camera that's pointed at him, and then uh, to sort of ambush him. And uh, I mean, yeah, that like that was ball. And then he just he's just gunning down the guys just in the middle of the street, yeah. Like, well, they're it's definitely going with crazy. <laughs> they're definitely towing the line of the more mythical version of Billy. Yeah, uh, in this. Yes, I mean he probably. I, I didn't do a body count total. Yeah, but I'm sure he kills way more than eight people yeah. just in this movie. Oh, absolutely. So that's what it looks like. Yeah. So there's still. Yeah. So again, going a little Hollywood. You're them. always going to get like a, oh yeah, is that is that how accurate it is? That's <laughs> why I'm like, this, this, there's no way. <laughs> well, that what I'm saying is that he, the can't... general beats of the movie, yeah, what happened, where and when, is what's accurate in this movie. Yeah. When you get to the exact movement to movement, yeah, yeah maybe there, yeah, there's some some uh, elaboration and changes made. But gotcha. It's Hollywood. They're going to do that. Well, that's why, I mean, like, as I was thinking about this, it's like, th- this is if, if, as if, like, some hieroglyphs about Billy the Kid were found. And it depicted a, this is what happened, and this is when it happened, and uh, these were who, these are some of the people involved. And this is all we know. So then someone adapted all these hieroglyphs into a story and just sort of, you know, filled in all the other parts with whatever. Like, mm-hmm. the, the idea that, this is like the best adapted like hieroglyph <laughs> uh, yeah. movie because 
so yeah accuracy to to a certain point of facts but like there's no dramatization of actual of what actually happened and or in terms of a lot right. of these character relationships so uh yeah it's, and it's hard it's to, it's, to, it's hard to sorry i'm interrupting you go ahead no but you're but like but you can't because of when it takes place you you know no one's keeping uh, uh detailed journals of these relationships and what happened you know these are these are guys who are living living survive just surviving um right and running around and killing people and or, and, and, and trying, trying to, to stay away from people yeah. so spe- so you wouldn't know they're they're who these people really are a lot of them yeah the the the, the facts of the case are never going to come out because they they they're not written down right um as a as fact you know? and a lot of it is you know was told after the fact too you know these yeah. guys telling those who who survived yeah would tell you know their versions of what happened and and as time goes on they become campfire stories mm-hmm. and legends mm-hmm. and all of that but and as as <clears throat> with all historical stuff you know new information is found all the time and yeah uh you know which can change the story right so, this is in 1988 this is the best they could do yeah with this with the information they had yeah and to make a fun i'll make a fun young guns romp yeah in the old well, west and, and that's the thing about this movie is it, it's 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 a good mix of action and fun. It, it's a good time. All right, it's just a good time. It's a good time at good the movies. Time. All right, sure. Uh, the the other thing is the Lincoln the Lincoln County or the Battle of Lincoln County, which is the battle at the end. Yeah, which is a, a debate about how how accurate that was. There was some changes made. They did go to McSween's house. Mm-hmm. They did get surrounded there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that all of that is accurate. Not all of these regulators were in that house. Right. They were actually split up among three different locations on that street. Yeah. Uh, Billy was in the house. Chavez was in the. Ho- oh no, I'm sorry. Chavez. Billy was in the house. I think Charlie Bowdry was in the house, and McSween, of course, mm-hmm. and a bunch of. No, I, I did get it wrong. I was right the first time. It was Chavez, Billy, and McSween in the house, and a bunch of like Chavez's guys. Yeah, because the regulars had Mexican supporters, right? As the as the the research is showing me on the internet. Yeah, but like, yeah, so they weren't regulators, but they had they had backing. People, yeah, people with some interest. Doc and Bowdry were like down the street in another house, mm-hmm. and they kind of didn't know what to do. Like mm-hmm. they were split up. Billy was in the house. They were surrounded about to be attacked there was a shootout there mm-hmm. uh they did light it on fire mm-hmm. but there was they basically decided like we're gonna split in two hopefully one of the two groups gets out away and the other will be probably killed yeah they kind of knew that uh and they were just like they had to get out of the house it was burning down yeah so billy got away chavez got away mcsween was with the group that got killed so and he's just i don't know if he was shot i don't think he was shot with a gatling gun right but the army was there and he was just riddled with bullets wow so that is it doesn't happen the exact way it happens in the movie where they escape 
and then McSween's like standing out there, like cheering for him, and then they turn and execute him. That did that didn't happen, right? But. And Chavez didn't somehow magically sneak away. They they they're trapped in this house, and he they just show him leaving. And That's then, his mystical thing. And then he off screen manages to find horses, and then is able to bust through a crowd. All these guys have guns. Like why aren't they shooting him? He slipped away it's, in the night. They fell asleep. <laughs> well, in the movie, it's yeah. during the day, and it's this great. It's just the, again this like mystic, mystical hero, yeah. this sort of, uh, and so so unlikely, and the the way they portray, nice little uh, nice little fake out for the audience where you know Billy ends up in a trunk that gets thrown oh. out, and luckily it lands Love perfectly it. the way it should, and he's not hurt at all. Which oh my god, you'd be you'd be, you'd be messed crazy. up, <laughs> you'd be so messed up. Uh, that's some Indiana Jones uh, refrigerator Ref- stuff, which uh, I do love as a as a concept and a bit. And I probably the best part of that movie is nuking the fridge. I'm not going to talk about that. It's the best part of that movie, and no, then, that is the best part of that movie. <laughs> it's a good nice. We day. have a lot to say on that one. <laughs> we sure do. But uh, and then you know he stands up, starts gunning people down, and somehow these the hundred people around the house. Don't shoot him, any of the horses, Chavez. Yeah. Like, it's completely bananas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, most of the you know, most of the Chavez stuff was fictionalized. Yeah. Uh Murphy's death w- was not accurate at the end there. Yeah. The John Kinney John Kinney was a real guy mm-hmm. and was really after them. Mm-hmm. Uh but he survived this. Mm-hmm. The John Kinney Charlie thing was made for this movie i like it i mean i i like that they did it sure uh but in reality it was that was not a real thing yeah um neither neither died here so okay yeah but in the i love the way they for a movie this ending totally works for me i love it in in an 80s way you know yeah i guess when when chavez comes down with the horses come on it's just so but it's just Five against one hundred, as Doc sure. said in the thing. I'm like, this is well, you also, this is ludicrous. <laughs> this yeah, is, this is ridiculous. You do also have to realize that the in the West with these shootouts, they weren't accurate like yeah, like Hollywood depicted it, where everyone's like just shooting everybody. These were all terrible shots. Most of these guys were terrible shots. Well, the way, yeah. So they would fire off a lot of rounds and wouldn't hit anything. Yeah. The I mean, way these guns are designed, if if someone's not within, you know, 20 feet of you, your you, your accuracy goes out the window. Exactly. So I understand that. So there I think there's some merit that they are just unloading at each other and and not people are not getting hit. Right, right. You know, cuz they're firing although I guess when when the young gun, the regulators are firing, they're hitting they're, they're hitting everybody. They're just so. yeah. They're um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so in, in reality, all of the regulators survive survived this battle. Yeah, everyone that was killed was a non-regulator. Got it. So in reality, in reality, but I I I don't have a problem with with this Hollywood kind of ending. Well, sir, someone's got to die. Someone's got to sort of yeah. It felt the drama as a viewer. The stakes are high. Here. Yeah, as a viewer, it felt. You know, I was sad when Dirty Steve and Charlie get killed. Yeah. Because um, you like those characters, so you get you get a sense of reality that not all of them are gonna live, not all of them are gonna survive. Mm-hmm. Billy gets shot, Doc gets shot. I, they're all shot. Chavez is shot, mm-hmm. um, and you get your triumphant ending with the with the death of Murphy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but all very Hollywood. Yeah, okay. yeah. It's just, and then it's up to you whether you will go with that and like that or not. Right. 
Yeah, it, it really becomes personal preference at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and then they all split up, the surviving members split up and go their separate ways and leading you to the second movie. And they reunite yeah. for the, the guns, too. Yeah. More guns. Which, we'll, we'll cover that at Still, some point. Like in 20 years? Still gunning. In two years when we get to the 30th anniversary of that, maybe. Yeah. Oh, there'll be a big celebration. There's going to be a party. There's going to be they're a Young Guns 2 30th anniversary party. Yeah. They're shutting down Hollywood for this. <laughs> They've already already sent notices about it. Alan Ruck is already uh, RSVP'd to that one. Oh, I love a Ruck. Okay. I'll see Ruck in, in, in anything, including Young Guns 2. Yeah. Uh, uh, cool. So, so, yeah. So, that's kind of the the story of the movie. Great the, story. Uh, it, this was a budget of $13 million. That's amazing. That's cheap. Yeah. It is relatively cheap. I guess you, you, they probably shot most of that stuff within like five miles of that that town well, set. Like it's, in, all, it's all, yeah, you know, it's all like, across. New, they're all over New Mexico, all in basically the real places where this happened. I don't yeah. think they're. It's not the exact places, but yeah. they're in the areas of where all this stuff happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, they shot it in February and March of '88. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, what do you think? Do you think this is like a typical '80s movie? Uh, I think uh, I'll, I'll say kind of yeah. Um, where you're getting you're getting a lot of shortcuts without mm-hmm. getting a lot of without delving into to things. You know, they're just sort of and they're not being really obvious about things you could connect. Like, oh well, the reason he's doing that is because of this. But you know, they don't really they're not not explicit about things. Things just sort of happen. Things continue to just happen because. Mm-hmm. We're along for the ride. So for me, I mean, the, the very first time I saw this, I couldn't really follow this thing. I didn't know what the fuck was going on half the time. You, 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 the, the, the threads were there, but I didn't get why people were doing what they were doing. Mm-hmm. So, it, yeah, I'd say it's typical. Like, you're just kind of going with the flow on this. Thing, things aren't necessarily important, and you can kind of just make up the rest as you go. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's what this movie felt like. I think, they, I think similar to Red Dawn, that mm-hmm. this is... This has a genre that it's working with that keeps it from doing the typical like '80s kind of zaniness that would happen in a lot of '80s movies. Oh well, yeah. I mean, no, it's certainly not a with on that vein. No, yeah. there's no zaniness. I right. mean, it's a straightforward, you know, yeah, action drama western thing. But yeah, and in in that '80s way, I don't know. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe I'm wrong. I think you get, I think you get a little bit more character you know character motivation and mm-hmm. character involvement than you do in a, a lot of the action movies of of the day mm-hmm. a lot of the you know that was in a lot of 80s-ness is all surface stuff and i think you got to go a little bit deeper all right, yeah. in this one yeah i mean they each character other than maybe dirty steve is at least given a little something a little exploration a little well different. even dirt we didn't even talk about it, but dirty steve and chavez that, that's really all that dirty steve has is they've got this antagonistic relationship <laughs> yeah. and he's just an overt racist uh right mexicans yeah uh, which you can definitely see that in, in the arkansas dave character in the second one but, uh, okay um and then they make peace with each other by the sure. end because yeah. i think they they know it's it's the end it's ba- the end. they've battled yeah. all this time together yeah you know and now they're pals they're teammates but the themes of the movie are pretty, you know, they're pretty on the surface. You don't have to dive too deep to no to figure out, you know, friendship, honor, loyalty. Um, like we said earlier, that that there has to be something there with Tunstall. 
in, in reality because I don't know why these guys would have continued this because they're deputized and then they're like undeputized. They, the, mm-hmm. There was a judge that found a, a loophole and basically the, the person that deputized them was not really allowed to deputize them. Oh. So that's, that's how they were undeputized. Oh, okay. And then they were just suddenly outlaws. So, uh, okay. It wasn't because they were straight up just murdered. Well, that that was them? happening, and yeah. I think that's why the judge got into it. And yeah. Like, let me figure out a way to get them. Yeah, uh, yeah, a legal way to do it. Sure. And in in reality, too, as far as McSween goes, there was more legal stuff going on with when Murphy and Dolan there they were able to take over all of Tunstall's land oh, once yeah. he died, oh. and Mc they ended up I think getting. Some of McSween's too. Like there was all McSween. While this is all going on, it has these whole legal battles happening with oh, wow. with Dolan, really. But hostile takeover, yeah, corporate takeover, yeah. <laughs> huh. Uh, and the behind the scenes, these guys were were buddies. They sure. had a really fun time making this movie, as you would imagine. Yeah. Like they look like they're having a good time, especially in the like they love doing the action scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the um, a, a real friendship was born here with Lou Diamond Phillips and Kiefer. Mm. They did four projects together. Mm. They did Young Guns 1 and 2, mm-hmm. a movie called Renegades right around this time. Mm-hmm. And then in, I think it's the first season of 24, oh. Lou Diamond Phillips shows up as like a, like a, I don't know, some kind of military guy. Oh, I don't remember. He showed, it's very quick. And then his character is just gone. Oh, okay. Unless I, maybe I, fell asleep during an episode no i just i don't quite remember it's been since it's been on yeah i like i remember liking that first season but yeah, i was it, like oh they are pals yeah oh that's neat yeah cool uh yeah so the, the these guys love each other they're they're just making movies they're just having fun they're yeah. young they're, they're, they're young they're, they're guns young. young they're famous they're rich they're having a good time they they love to tease charlie sheen for the way he would pronounce billy 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 yeah, his his accent is horrendous. Yes, really bad. He's really bad. He should have just yeah. spoke with his regular voice. Just don't. Voice. Yeah, you just, don't have to do a. Hey, Billy. Just because you're in the West doesn't mean you have a Southern accent, right? Yeah, this whatever whatever he was doing, it was just pretty bad. Even Emilio, Emilio's is pretty good, but I feel like it comes and goes. Well, I mean, the trick is, and I think Emilio was doing it. You just sort of slow down your voice. You yeah. just slow down, and then you just get a drawl going. You don't. It doesn't have to really be. You're not necessarily going to try to be from Savannah, Georgia, or whatever. Uh, you're go- you're just just slow it down a little. Well, there's bit, and, yeah, and there's, you can just say that's an accent. Yeah, you know? you've got like your your Georgia, then you've got your like Virginia accent, then there's your like Alabama, Alabama. <laughs> uh, yeah, but so I don't know. I don't know what I honestly I don't know what a Southwest uh, accent is. They're all to be, to they're similar, but there's a different yeah, inflections. I have no idea, but. Uh, um, and then we've got a couple of fun little cameos. Did, oh. did you catch those? Uh, didn't didn't catch them. Didn't see. We've got two big names. What do we got? One of which is one huge of, still. Still huge. Uh, Emilio had a friend that he had done a movie with mm-hmm. visiting him uh, on the set and was like, hey, you should, you know what? Like it was when they were shooting the, the battle at the end. Mm-hmm. Why don't you throw on some wardrobe and put this, we'll, we'll put you in disguise and we'll, 
you can be one of the guys that gets killed. Little Easter egg. Uh-huh. And that young gentleman was Tom Cruise. Tommy Cruise. And you can see if you like do it in slow motion, you can absolutely tell that that's oh, neat. him. He's one of Dolan's gang who gets shot at the end, uh-huh. just blasting. And you could see the like you know the mustache hanging like on there, big and, fake mustache. Yeah. But yeah, they were pals from uh, the Outsiders, and, yeah. and I think. And then Emilio's in the first Mission Impossible. I know. So. Oh, he should have been in all the movies. I was bummed about when, when Emilio gets killed oh, in Mission Impossible. It's like, oh, no. What did- well, I, I, have, I have issues with the Mission Impossible all franchise, right. especially the first handful of them. Oh, okay. Uh, I like them more now, mm-hmm. or the, the later ones. Yeah. But. They're different now. The, the way they took it away from a team thing mm-hmm. yeah. to make it just about. Tom Cruise and made made Phelps the the villain was just like you got everything wrong here. It's like well, it's just you know reimagining it, turning it on its head. And yeah, like but that's not what. The, and then they the got to like creating the team in the last couple movies, which so yeah. now I'm I'm for, forgiven them, but they they really blew it. I thought with the first one, well, the box office didn't say that. But, we'll have to cover Mission Impossible one at oh, some yeah. point. Uh, and then Randy Travis is another guy. Oh. Uh, basically the same thing. Another, just, just in in a random just scene. there random you know gets uh i don't know what his connection was and why he was there but maybe he knew yeah. one of the producers or something so yeah uh you want to talk about who's not in this movie we have to go to our special place and start talking about that <laughs> the so, corner yeah so, yeah so come with me everyone listening come with me let's Let's go to the corner. Let's go to the corner. Here we go. Yeah. All right. Kurt's, Kurt's corner, baby. All right. You keep you keep prefacing the Kurt's corner by ruining the first question of my Kurt's corner questionnaire. Well, go for it. All right. Question number one: Is Kurt Russell in this movie? Nope. <laughs> Definitely not. Agreed. We agree on point number one. Point number one: He's not in this movie. Yeah. It's a sin. It's a sin. Is it an unforgivable sin? It's, it's it's up there. It's a strike against every movie that doesn't have him in it. Yes. Um. So, too, because he's because Kurt Russell is not in this film. Who's got the best hair of the whole film? Hmm. Because Kurt's not in it. Because if Kurt was in it, he'd have the best hair. My two. My two leads here, of course, Charlie Sheen, mm. the machine, the machine, and Kiefer. I like Kiefer's hair. I like that. I like that. Looks I don't good. know. I don't know. It seems like he's got like thin hair. He's like he doesn't have like that full body look. It's long mm-hmm. and it's very blonde, but very blonde and attractive. Um, I think. I think. Uh, I think for me, Amelia. It's either Amelia or Charlie uh, stand out just because they. They're they're those good looking guys, and he Amelia's the lead. They boy, they, no matter what's happening, he's got a perfect haircut. So do you go Emilio? I guess Charlie? I'm gonna have to go. I guess I'm gonna just go with Emilio, All right? Because he's you know he he looks great every every shot. Mm-hmm. You go Emilio. I go I go the machine. You go Sheen. All right, I get it. Uh, makes sense. Now we've sort of delved into this before. 1998. The year this you came keep out. saying '98. I know. I I did that on Midnight Run too. Yeah, you just <laughs> 1988. Well, it's yeah. so special about '98. I don't know. <laughs> in 1988, uh, Kurt Russell's not in this movie, but could he fit into this movie? Young Guns. It's kind of tough. He's at a, a tough age, but he's not young necessarily. He's, well, not, he's not like 20. You know, like these could, guys are supposed to be. I could see him being Tunstall. 
Oh, yeah. Especially in reality. I mean, he's younger than Terrence Stamp, but sure. in reality, Tunstall was like 24. Mm-hmm. Kurt would have been, you know, older than that. Yeah. But I think... Plan that, I yeah. Could, I could buy that. I could see that. Sure. A Tunstall, uh, Tunstall type. Yeah. Yeah, sort of leading these guys for a while. I wonder what the real age gap between Kurt and Emilio actually is. Because yeah. I feel like they're... Emilio looks younger, but yeah. I think they might be closer than you would think. That's definitely worth a, a look. A look up. We're going to yeah. have to look that up. But um, I would say Tunstall, McSween, I don't think he, I don't know if he'd be right for the McSween part. I mean, he would bring a certain je ne sais quoi to, to McSween. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, he'd be amazing. But he, Kurt, especially in 88, is not the lawyer. More talky type, right. you know. He's more of the yeah action. You're him. not putting a suit on him on him until you know executive decision. Yeah, and you know. Oh, and then he's and then he got the older, handsome thing going on. Yeah, doing yeah. great, dashing, American <laughs> James Bond. Yeah, I think probably his best. You know, if you because he can't be one of the regulators, probably. I mean, he'd be great as any of them. Yeah. You well, I mean, look at it. look at Escape from New York, Kurt. Could easily have been a young guy. Right. Well, that was only four years earlier, right? No, what year was? No, 80. 80. Yeah. Right. Oh, geez, eight years. Well, yeah. <laughs> some of these movies just seem like they're so close together. Uh, yeah, you're right. So, yeah, if we could, if we could time travel, Kurt from 80. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then let's just see. I mean, let's take a look. Let's connect Kurt to some of our favorite stars of Young Guns. Okay. Can you get to Kurt Russell? Without using another cast member of Young Guns to get so Jack Palance is out. Like unless we go to unless I was gonna say all right, well let's just do. Can you connect Kurt to Jack Palance? Yeah, thing on cash. Boom, yeah. easy cash. Easy, easy cash. Uh, tango and cash. So now if cash. I give you another tango, if I give you another cast member, you can't connect to Jack Palance because then the game right. Broke. Okay. So uh, can you can you go to Kurt from from Emilio, our star, our Billy the Kid? Any anything that Emilio might have shown up in? Emilio to Kurt. Yeah. Okay. Let me work. Let me gestate. Let me work on this. Um. And again, I just want to talk about Emilio's hair in the meantime. You please go on about yeah. it. <laughs> just. <laughs> it's always like perfectly conditioned. <laughs> it's really weird. Like he's just. They're, it's a big, dirty crew. He's got the clean-shaven face. Yeah, you know everyone. It's like both both the Estavez brothers are clean-shaven. Mm-hmm. Looks great. Like they're clearly given the most attention. Yeah, throughout this movie, um, it's tough. I mean, Emilio is in a lot of different projects, but not you know not a ton. You know, he kind of dipped off in the mid '90s, and we didn't see him again. Uh, yeah, Emilio. Show, he stopped, I, I'm, I'm, maybe he's just raising kids. Like I don't know what he. Maybe I just wasn't into I, it. Anymore. I feel like he kind of, after Mighty Ducks. Yeah. He kind of. I think he kind of de- wanted to step away a little bit. Yeah. He wasn't into the celebrity. Of yeah. I don't think he was into being like the celebrity like Charlie was. Yeah. There's a there's one movie where um, a bunch of people are are in the same movie, a comedic movie with Emilio, that also connect to our boy. A comedic. Not Men at Work. No. You got Charlie Sheen there. Yeah. Well, I mean, you really think you can actually connect. You can't connect through Men at Work. Um, 
I'm thinking, I feel like there's a link to backdraft here somewhere. Because there's so many people in backdraft. True, there's probably a couple steps. Although I don't have that in my research right now. But to Emilio. Because I can get Kiefer. I can get Kiefer to... to uh, Gimme. Kiefer to... Kurt. Kiefer to Don, uh, Donald Sutherland. And I think they were both... I know they've done a few movies together, but uh-huh. Time to Kill, I think they were both in. Okay. Uh, and then Donald Sutherland to Kurt and Backdraft. Backdraft. Nice. That's, but that doesn't, that doesn't solve our Emilio problem. No, it doesn't. There's a comedic movie with Samuel oh, Jackson. Oh, I got it. Wait, I, I had it? Go. Okay. Go ahead. This is lengthy. Get it. Emilio to Ralph Macchio, The Outsiders. Yes. Ralph Macchio to Pat Morita. Oh, sorry. Ralph Macchio to Martin Covey in Karate Kid. He's the, the Cobra Kai oh, master. Yeah. yeah. Martin Covey to Stallone, Rambo 2. Stallone to Kurt, Tango and Cash. I like that. I... Let's just make that. That's great. That's nice four steps to it. That's beautiful. It's too. I'd like to get it quicker, but that one, I, I found that route. Well, when you go with the outsider, once you get into the outsiders, you direct from Rob Lowe into Jiminy Click. Yeah, there but, you go. Well, like you're using the the higher profile. That, that's the thing. If you if you dive deep enough into IMDb, you can get a third tier working actor who you've never heard of mm-hmm. to connect these guys. Sure, it's not fun. Yeah, you're you're made. You found. You found I bring the fun. the fun. You found the fun, and that's Kurt's corner, everybody. Just, you know. Yeah. Just we're yeah. just taking a look at our boy, our guy, our favorite Hollywood star. And one day, he will sit in this chair right next to us that's, that's shined up in gold. Yeah. Waiting cool. for him. Velvet cushions, red velvet. If only we had a direct route. To Kurt, mm. if only hmm. somebody if only we know or work with had a connection, had like to a Kurt. familial connection. Yeah, yeah, that'd be wow, that'd be something. <laughs> that would really. Could do you it. imagine? Anywho, uh, and pretty soon, guys, you're going to be able to start getting your own Kurt's Corner merchandise. <laughs> Just wait till we start Just producing wait. Kurt's Corner mugs and posters, keychains. Keychains, keychains with with, un, with unauthorized photos of Kurt Russell. Yeah, we may just have to do a logo design. We probably can't. Yeah, we probably can't use this picture. Curtis Moore. Curtis, we're gonna need a little bit more from you. <laughs> uh, but so, how did this movie do in the box office? What else is that? What else we got left? Yeah, no, but that's uh, so it was released. Young Guns was released August tenth, nineteen eighty-eight. Yeah, which is right around now. Now, hey, happy thirtieth anniversary! By yeah. the time you hear this. It'll be yesterday? Let's yeah, think. I think no, so. No, it'll be like th- three days ago. Yeah. Cool. We, re- we record this a little ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, w- it came out in almost 1,400 screens. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty pretty normal release there. Uh, I have a number one at the box office. I can believe it. I uh, invested money into this uh, movie. You did? My grandma did. Oh, yeah. You did, Part of your dollars are in there. Yeah. Part of your dollars are in the forty in the seven million dollar opening weekend. Yeah, seven million opening. Did weekend. you go opening weekend? Do you typically go? Uh, did you typically go? I remember. Weekend? Okay, all the grandma movies, or not all, most of them. I remember going. You know, especially if it was the summer. I was probably going during the daytime during the week. So I remember them not being like the the theaters were not super packed. I was going at like eleven a.m. during the a Wednesday. You sure, know? sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what uh, Young Guns opened against? Really, just one other movie, a couple other ones. Fire, fire it out. Mac and Me, 
Ooh. Which uh, it was on competing number of screens, about 13 and change. Mm-hmm. Then uh, Clean and Sober. Clean and Sober with yeah. uh, with Michael Keaton. Right. Yeah. That, that, that opened about half the number of screens. I remember the VHS cover. Uh, and then Tucker, The Man in His Dream. Oh. Also opened that weekend. Oh. And then apparently The Last Temptation of Christ played on nine screens that weekend. So, and opened. So, know. yeah, that was prior to its release, like, right? Yeah. So, yeah. anyway. So, congrats to Young Guns. I guess, you know, people had gone to see Midnight Run and were finally uh, ready to go back to the theater for they, yeah. Young Guns. It, uh, yeah, they most people thought, this is it. I don't need to go see movies anymore. But then Young Guns came out. Like, oh, like, I, I, oh can get, I can get one more. Now. I got to get there. Yeah. But yeah, Young Guns placed in 22nd overall in the box office. In 88. Beat Midnight Runs by seven places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, but again, 88, like this, the things I was applauding in my Midnight Run episode also is the continuation of this this death of new hollywood uh yeah as i as i was applauding you know crocodile dundee 2 yeah wins beetlejuice fish called wanda scrooged yeah willow yep they're all just rambo 3 grinding their boot heels into to uh new hollywood yeah for sure the land before time colors colors i love colors all these movies did better than young guns Mm -hmm. but then young guns Beats out Bloxy Bruised Blues, with yeah, with uh, an, I guess. Uh, oh, with I guess when Casey. you have the machine. Oh wait, no, Casey's not in that. Uh, no, but he is in another See Casualties of War. Maybe he's. In. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, when you have the machine, uh, that's going to outweigh. Yeah. That's going to weigh heavier than Matthew Broderick. Yeah, the machine beats the Broderick. Yeah. So yeah, quite a fun year for film. Yeah. Back then. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. And I guess as far as New Hollywood goes, you brought up Last Temptation of Christ. That's kind of, mm. that is one movie that's still in that New Hollywood mentality yeah. for sure. But. Sure. What about Tequila Sunrise? No. No. <laughs> what about? We love Tequila Sunrise for one reason, <laughs> and it's Kurt. It's Kurt. But I think that was a, a swing and a miss. So, all right. Do you know what other sequels came out that year? Crocodile Dundee 2. Yeah. Um... A lot of other sequels. Caddyshack 2. Uh, that's Caddyshack 2 was 88. Yeah, I think so. Uh, mm, 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 mm. Boy, a lot of them. What? Yeah, fire out some. Uh, Police Academy 5. Oh, yeah. Uh, Wait, fire... um, the Miami one? Simon Miami. Simon Dude, Miami. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Short Circuit Gutenberg was too good for he was Police like, Academy I, 5. I'm out. I'm out. Here's okay. Matt McCoy, my replacement. <laughs> Friday the 13th Part 7. Oh, yeah. Cocoon yeah. the Return. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 4. Uh, that's probably might have right. been eighty nine. Mm, yeah, I don't know. Poltergeist three. Yeah, the one, the cursed one. Yeah, Arthur two on the rocks. I saw that in the theater. Did you? Yeah, that came out. That came out in July. Mm-hmm. You just you're just hitting all the movies July. Well, August. apparently that summer I remember now that <laughs> summer I didn't go to camp, so I was that was the year I spent. Yeah, Rambo three. That's all eighty eight. So yeah. eighty eight, I spent a lot of time with Grandma. Yeah, Kashyyyk two. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Iron Eagle two. Hellbound. Oh yeah, Hellraiser two, Hellbound. So, I mean, you know, we're we're starting to see the repeats of a lot of things. Rambo three, of course, um, and Nightmare on Elm Street four. You're right. Yeah, the Dream uh, I was right. Yeah, you're very good at this. Uh, the critics uh, gave decently good reviews to this movie. I mm-hmm. mean, I don't think they took it too seriously. Mm-hmm. Play- they kind of thought it was playful and fun. Didn't really, really have much to say about it, unless they're kind of warm on it. Yeah, kind of like a. Yeah, they're like it's fine. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, what do what do what do we think? 
I feel like it holds up. I feel like it works. Yeah. The story works. The story makes sense. Yeah. There's not a lot of holes. I mean, yes, there were things embellished from reality. Yeah. I don't know who, you know, if an audience is really going to care about it. Yeah. Um, I think a younger crowd would probably like this more than an older crowd. Yeah. But I think, I think it's still fun. The characters are still fun and, and, uh, the story makes sense and the action's well done. Hmm. All right. So I don't know. That's what I, what do you, what do you think? I, the thing is I really don't care for this movie. (laughs) In terms of the action, I wish the action was a little more exciting. I don't, I think there's kind of a, there's a, I think that's kind of the weak point of this. Like there's the gunplay. There's a lot of gunplay, mm-hmm. gunfire, but it's just sort of it's like, like that whole thing with buckshot. I mean, it doesn't seem that exciting or it seems a little more dangerous, but they but they glamorize this. The the whole point is like glamorizing these battles, like mm-hmm. and I don't know. The thing is I have a problem with with Billy the Kid as in the context of this film, like that this mythology of him that they like basically reference during the movie where they keep reading newspapers and then these the media portrays Billy the Kid as mm. this sort of otherworldly mythical being and, and and Doc even says boy the country's really looking for a hero you know the way they describe him but then the thing is Billy leans in on in on the mythology he loves he loves this he mm-hmm. wants to be bigger than Pat Garrett who in reality didn't really have that kind of a reputation yet mm-hmm. so it's 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 I, the the more I, I watched this movie a few times to get into it, and I kept getting more annoyed with it every mm. time. I just I don't know what it is. I think it's you. So you're annoyed by you know they're admitting to the media, admitting that the media embellished uh, the Billy the, the Kid myth, and the movie's doing the same thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, and and they're making like and and Billy the Kid's a fucking. I don't know if he's a nihilist or just a psychopath or both. I mean. He goes into arrest Henry Hill, mm-hmm. and he just, just decides to gun him down he, and laughs. Like the thing is, he's laughing at all this crazy shit he's doing. He's enjoying the chaos of this, mm-hmm. and he's bringing his friends into this chaos, making them outlaws, making them more outlaws. He's a shitty person. Like Billy the Kid's awful. You mean like this? The, this, the, por- this this portrayal, portrayal of, in the con- yeah. This is all strictly in the context mm-hmm. of this movie. Yeah, I he's, fucking, he's I making hate, it worse for all of them. I hate Billy the Kid. He's yeah. fucking asshole. <laughs> it's just and like Charlie's like, why? You know, he's afraid to get hung, and he's just like, well, we're gonna get hung. Yeah, and. But he's like, it's your fault. Like, you did this. You're right. killing people indiscriminately. Yeah. And then he's like, half-heartedly relies on the Tunstall. Like, well, you know, they killed Tunstall, so we got to do this. Like, bullshit. You're enjoying killing everyone. You're just like murders. You know, it, like, and the whole thing is that he's enjoying that mythology. When we when he first meets Charlie and they're talking and he gets all coy about the, like, Charlie's like, what'd you do? Ro- steal a horse, rob a train, rob a bank, kill a guy. Mm-hmm. And he gets all coy about it. You know, like, yeah, I fucking killed a guy. Leaning into this thing, and it's it just like, so he's enjoying it. And I, I don't, he's, I get these guys aren't heroes and good guys. Like they're the good guys within their own story. They're the protagonists, but like, I don't like Billy the Kid at all. Like, yeah, well, I get more and more annoyed with him. Yeah, <laughs> like, all of these types in this in this world. I mean, none of them are quote unquote good guys. Yeah, they're all they're all different bad. degrees of. Villains, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's the point. That's kind of was what outlaws were, and and these guys were that. Yeah. Especially after Tunstall 
uh, is dead. There was no structure for them anymore. No, so. and I think that I mean that's 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 just an overall thing with me. It's just like I don't. It's not that I don't think bad guys or villainous people shouldn't be humanized, but I don't have to like them, and I don't have to like uh, you know. So it's like, and and maybe that's not even the point to humanize them is to to like them, but. I mean, I can just—I just don't like this guy, mm-hmm. and, and the mytho—the just making him this myth, and then presenting it this way, and then I don't know—it it, just—it uh, just kept bothering me every yeah. every time. So, I, I, like, why would I sh- why would I show this movie to anybody to be like, here's a story about friendship? Like, there's a million movies about friendship. Like that—that's what ties it all together. Mm-hmm. You know that these guys are sort of bound, but he did this. Like, he screwed them all up yeah. in the context of this movie. Um, not in reality, and I just I don't I don't I don't I, if I never see this movie again I'll be fine with it I don't get it I don't get the point <laughs> well, what's the point of this this thing? yeah you know uh, that's just me yeah well hey we're all entitled to our opinions so yeah absolutely the, none of that stuff like bothers me I still have fun with it I, I think you know I don't think it's mo- a movie that is intended for you to take it too seriously but that seems convenient. Well, it was the 80s. So. <laughs> yeah. That's... I, but, like, I'm just surprised that you enjoy this the same way as you did when you were eight. Like, why? Well, I don't know if I enjoy it. I mean, I don't know if I enjoy it, like, from a little kid's point of view. But I, 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 it's to me, it's fun. It's a good, like I said, it's a good mm. action-y Western. Yeah. Um, I like now knowing more about the backstory. I appreciate the the historical accuracy of the general story and yeah, yeah. and that we talked about yeah uh i don't you know i get that it's i i can accept that they are using the billy the kid myth character yeah. as as him in this movie yeah you know if you were to make it today uh i think it would be done very differently yeah i think they would portray a lot of these characters differently yeah. and not uh force in some of the story points that they did yeah but that doesn't it just just doesn't bother me yeah yeah so right. yeah and i think it, it just might be just my modern view and also just my i, I mean I, I stay away from westerns just kind of like they're not they don't interest me all that much and so i can't tell if this is a good western or not and i can't tell but i can tell that i just don't like the con- the content of it that these are not i don't care about these guys or i don't want to care about these guys mm-hmm. um i feel bad for the people that kind of get thrown in in with them and they're just killing people (laughs) i don't i don't know it's not interesting to me well and that is the the one of the points of this show is to yeah counterpoint each other and counterpoint you know bring up opposing views about some of these movies so i mean yeah what we do here yeah i mean you and i don't have a differing uh we don't look at each other differently because we look at this movie differently uh, I hope you don't. You, I hope I'm invited to the. I'm, to I'm gonna your, once we stop recording. I'm gonna close, shut the computer down. <laughs> You're gonna have to leave Recon Cinema Studios oh, and leave no. your keys behind. Oh man, security will escort you out. Are they gonna take my ID? <laughs> <laughs> um, because you but, didn't like Young Gun. <laughs> <laughs> That's. Um, but yeah, I mean. Uh, so you so you would say no to I'd a rewatch say if if. Definitely no to a rewatch, and if you've never seen the movie, don't bother. <laughs> and I will, I will counter that with, yeah, you should. I think it's fun, and uh, make your own opinion. <laughs> exactly. Uh, anyway, guys, uh, thank you very much for tuning in to this little bit longer uh, episode of Reconcinimation. Yeah. 
follow us on all our social media mm-hmm. sites and InstaTweet. Yep. Facebook I, page. Please, please just, you know, throw in one review. Just even give us stars. You don't have to write a review over at yeah. iTunes. Just give us a little the, boost. It's really helpful to us. Or I know we're asking a lot with our free content. No, I'm just kidding. But we're just happy you're here listening to us. But yeah. If you can help us out, that'd be huge. We really appreciate it. We uh, we love doing this show and and would like to do more of them. So keep keep those reviews coming. If yeah. you guys have questions or want to see or want to hear us talk about a particular movie, yeah. definitely. Send us a message. Send it. Post on the Facebook page. Give us a message. That, yeah. Let us know where you fall in on the Young Guns camp because yeah. clearly this is our biggest divide in, in opinions. And, and there'll be more to come, I'm sure. And uh, we'll be back in two weeks. Stay tuned. I think we're still gonna take one more look at 1988, but we'll we'll <laughs> reveal that soon. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, guys, and we will be back with you in a couple of weeks. See you soon. Regulators! Mount up. It was a clear black night, a clear white moon. Warren G was on the streets trying to consume some skirts for the E so I could get some phones. Rolling in my ride, chilling all alone. Just hit the east side of the LBC on a mission trying to find Mr. Warren G. Seen a car full of girls, ain't no 